If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Christian Brindle, and welcome to the Everything Medicare Podcast. Everything Medicare Podcast Nation. Hey, this is Christian Brindle, wherever you are and however you might be listening to me today. Thank you so much for taking the time. And folks, if this is your first time tuning in to the Everything Medicare Podcast, my name is Christian Brindle. I'm your host. I run a little company called Christian Brindle Insurance Services located about 20 minutes outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. And every single week, my company and I bring you a podcast episode where we discuss your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, and everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. And folks, this is episode 236, and we're diving in to the Medicare for All topic once again. Today, we're going to be talking about exactly what would happen, right? Let's just say in a hypothetical world that it happened. The Medicare for All became a thing, right? What would our country look like and what would the, the after effects be of, of, of such a transition? Well, it's, it's, it's incredibly common in our lives, right? That we have something in our lives, people then perceive that the grass might be greener in another area, Right? With divorce rates being as high as ever, I think that's kind of a good analogy to make, right? People are married. They're in a happy marriage, right? They have a great relationship with their partner, but they spend 10 years with this person, 15 years with this person, 20 years with this person, and they start to think, well, maybe there's something else out there for me. Maybe I'm missing out on something, and it leads to infidelities. It leads to adulteries. It leads to affairs, and it's all because, you know, we thought maybe the grass might be greener. This Medicare for all is kind of a similar thing here because we have a healthcare system that is very unique, um, far from perfect. I'll be the first to tell you that. But there's been so many countries that have adopted a, a public options system with their healthcare. Uh, in countries like Canada, countries like uh, Sweden, which is one that you know, pro-Medicare for all folk like to throw out a lot, which I have something to say about, um, places like Europe. And folks, the last thing I want to do on this episode today is to get political with you. If you've listened to the show for some time, you know that I really tried to stay out of politics when it comes to this show. But from time to time, especially when you're dealing with government-funded and government-regulated insurances, there are some top political topics that we do have to discuss. I don't think there's really any way around it, 100%. Uh, 
Um, and that is something that we have to deal with a little bit, folks. I just think that it, it kind of comes with the territory at least a bit. Now, in terms of um, Medicare for all, I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to get Republican on you or I'm not going to get Democrat on you today on this episode. Today, I'm just going to talk about the facts. So Medicare for all, the idea, and, I, I'm, I'm, and of course, you know, it's, it's of course speculative until, in, unless it actually happened. We don't know really what the terms and conditions would look like because if you look at something like Obamacare, what was proposed with Obamacare and what we actually got with Obamacare were two completely different things. So that is something that is important to be aware of. You know, I mean, what, what it's being proposed to be and what it actually ends up being might not be the same thing on a perfect basis, my friends. Now, in terms of what it's being proposed to be and what it's been proposed to be by, you know, like the Bernie Sanders of the world, Elizabeth Warrens of the world, the, the, the systems are a little different between the two. But same basic principle. Um, they use the word Medicare because it sounds good. Right, Medicare for all. Everybody gets Medicare. This, the, the, the idea that they have actually put together is not even close to being Medicare. Let me explain. Medicare is, and most of you listening to this, I would hope know this, Medicare is essentially a, 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 a little bit of a socialized health care program to where it's paid into throughout your working life, you're able to get it when you're turning 65. You get Medicare, and you need to fill in the holes and the gaps with, with uh, products from insurance companies. A, a Medicare for all system would not be anything like what Medicare is today. It's not that everyone would get Medicare Part A and B and all that stuff. It would turn into a single-payer system, right? Single-payer everything. It would abolish private insurance for the most part. It would abolish private hospitals, private doctors, for the most part. Now, there's exceptions to this. People that are, you know, pro-Medicare for all, they will make the argument that, well, you know, we'll, that it would just be a public option. You know, people would still have the option of going to private hospitals and things like that. But let's be real. Most people will would take free. That's just the way it is. Most people would take free the... Um, the quality of care we'd get from the private systems would be incredibly reduced because they just would their, their customer base would be slashed exponentially. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit here. So essentially, the idea is to abolish private insurance companies, right? Put them completely under. Abolish private health care. That is really what the idea is. Um, People that are, that are proponents for Medicare for All also make the argument that there could be potential, you know, uh, supplemental insurance available and things like that. But in a system like this, let's be real, it would be minuscule. It would be a niche kind of thing. Insurance companies, a, a majority of them would go under and go out of business. So let's just take that for what it is without knowing 100% of what it would look like. Let's just take it, you know at face value, and talk about what it is proposed to look like. So if we're looking at maybe just jobs, right, I found it kind of interesting. I went and pulled 
seven different, seven of the biggest health insurance companies, especially specifically in the Medicare industry that we have. Um, seven of the biggest um, Medicare health insurance companies we have in America today. We have United Healthcare, United Health Group, Humana, Anthem, Cigna, Centene, which owns WellCare, uh, CVS, which owns Aetna, but they are a much more diversified business than just Aetna, and Molina. Um, and there's a multitude of different insurance companies, health insurance companies outside of these seven. But I wanted to just point, paint a picture to you about how, how, how much of a part of our economy these insurance companies have become and also how many people are employed just from these seven companies alone. United Health Group, as of the time of recording this episode for you, has a market capitalization of $311.75 billion dollars. And they are, for the most part, exclusively tied into the healthcare industry and the health insurance industry. Specifically, Medicare is their specialty. They do other types of health insurance as well, but Medicare is really where their bread is buttered. Um, that would be eradicated. 325,000 people are, are, um, are said to be employed by the United Health Organization. 325,000 just with that company alone. Humana. Humana has a market capitalization of $48.64 billion with 47,200 people under their employment. Anthem, Blue Cross Blue Shield, $73.61 million, billion, excuse me, million, billion market capitalization, and 70,600 people estimated to be employed as of the time of this recording. Uh, the Cigna Corporation, $75.73 billion market capitalization, 73,700 estimated employees. Centene, $34.42 billion, 56,600 estimated employees. CVS Corporation, $97.44 billion. Now, the thing is with them, they are a hugely diversified business. So Aetna makes up just a chunk of what they do, right? They have their CVS pharmacies, their stores, everything that they do. I'm not going to include their employees into it because I think it's a little bit misleading because of that. Molina. 19.25 billion market capitalization with an estimated 10,000 employees. So between those seven insurance companies alone, folks, makes up 583,100 jobs. And that's taking CVS out of the equation. 583,100 jobs. It's estimated that in 2021, depending on your source, there's somewhere between 18 to 20 million people in our, in our uh, company, in our country, excuse me, um, that are employed or have careers or jobs in the healthcare industry. So a Medicare for all system, and this is between, you know, private insurance, hospital systems, clinics, doctor's offices, um, basically gone overnight. Imagine what that would do to our economy. I mean, I don't think that you can argue that that wouldn't dramatically impact our economy dramatically. Let's keep going. The budget estimated for Medicare for All, depending on your source, is somewhere between 30 to $60 trillion over the next 10 years. It's a lot of money, folks. Now, that being said, they spend a lot of money now on, um, on, our, on our healthcare system. They do, as is. And our healthcare system is far from perfect. I'll be the first to tell you that. 
but there's a multitude of reasons why I don't believe this is the answer, not only on the impacts of our economy would it have. And, and I'm making this episode mainly just to tell you what it would look like. I'm really trying to keep my opinion out of it, but I do have a strong opinion on this, folks. If you listen to this show for some time, you know I'm not scared to share my opinion on things. That's what this show is about, my opinions, my viewpoint on what's going on in the Medicare industry, my viewpoint on what's best for you to consider when making your best options and choices and decisions when it comes to your Medicare health insurance, health insurance in general. So this is what things would look like. Let's just say, let's just say they did it. Let's say for some reason, hypothetically speaking, apples and apples, the, 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 the costs were equal and they did it. Boom. Well, I talked about the impact in our overall economy, how many jobs would be lost. I mean, anytime you have essentially a trillion dollar industry just disappear overnight, that's got to have an impact in our economy, right? Some way, I would imagine, right? I'm not an economist, but it just makes sense to me personally. That many people out of work overnight, snapping your fingers from the multitude of health insurance companies that exist out there, the multitude of private hospitals and clinics that would go out of business because of this. But, you know, the argument for Medicare for All would be, well, it's worth it for the greater good. These people can find other jobs. Okay, fine. Let's address it. Is it really the greater good? If you look at any country in the world that the United States would be looking to replicate, any, any, any credible, not third world um, country in the world that has... Um, a socialized healthcare system or a single-payer healthcare system, there's one thing that they all have in common. This is something that you'll see a trend in. That's their incredibly high tax rate. Not Sweden, Christian. Sweden is the exception. We should be like Sweden. Let's look at Sweden for a second here. People that say that really don't know much about Sweden. In 2021, the Swedish tax rate was estimated to be 61.85%. 61.85%, ladies and gentlemen, for Sweden. We have over 300 million citizens in the United States of America. That means every time you make a dollar, you have to give the government 62 cents of it for a public health care option. But maybe it'd be worth it, right? Maybe it'd be worth it. Maybe it'd be worth it. I don't know about you, but I think the average person would end up paying more into extra taxes than they would be saving on their health insurance premiums. I don't think it takes a scientist or a mathematician to figure that one out. But maybe it's for the greater good. Maybe it's better quality. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Let's identify... And let's put under a magnifying glass for just a second here other areas that the government runs in our country. Think about it just for a second. Think about things that are completely ran and operated by our government. Completely. That you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Some that come to mind are the VA hospitals. 
depending on who you are, depending on which city you might live in. Some people don't mind their VA hospital. Some people say they're pretty good. But a lot of people say that it is the bottom feeder of healthcare in terms of the quality you're actually getting. It's not always the greatest quality. They ran a poll in 2020 of veterans, and I'm not sure how big the poll was, so take it with a grain of salt, but they ran a poll and they, they, they randomly you know, did this poll. If everything was equal, let's say you know, if it was the same cost for a veteran to go to the VA hospital or to go to a private hospital, 78.5% of them said that they would rather go to the private hospital because they deemed it was better quality of coverage. 78.5%. Would Medicare for All not be just a, a nationalized VA hospital system? Isn't that what we'd be getting? The only reason why veterans use the VA hospital right now is because they don't have to pay for it. Because it's something they get as a thank you for their service, which they do deserve. But to say that it's the same quality of care that they'd be receiving at a private hospital, a good one that is, no way. No way, Jose, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about some other things that the government completely runs. Post office. <laughs> Not the funnest organization to deal with, right? When's the last time you went to the post office to buy some stamps or to maybe send a package? Now, this isn't the case everywhere. I mean, there's some people that they just love their workers at the post office. I get it, right? But my interpretation of going to the post office is a grumpy person, grumpy old man or grumpy old woman at the cashier that doesn't want to be there, that answers to basically no one, it seems like, and uh, long lines, long waits, and things get lost all the time. Definitely not the most competent or well-ran organization, but let's keep going. DMV. You like dealing with the DMV? That's completely ran by the government. The DMV, along with others, Social Security Administration, the IRS, complete government oversights. If you, when's the last time you had to call Social Security or the IRS? Was it fun? I think not. It's because, it's because they're complete ran by the government. I, I, had, um, I did an interview a couple of years ago with a person that's become a good friend of mine, Joanna Wyckoff. She was a, a former Social Security claims worker. Um, worked for Social Security for a number of years. She knows the, in, the, she knows the insides and out of the organization better than any person that I've ever met. Better than any person I've ever come in contact with. And when we were doing our interview, it's a great interview if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. But I essentially asked her, I said, why do I and so many others have this perception that the Social Security Administration is incompetent, is inept, is a mess? Why from the outside looking in do I see that? And I know I'm not alone. And her response was very telling and I think it was very insightful and articulate. She said, and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't remember exactly word for word what she said, but she essentially went on to, to explain to me that the, the systems they use are from the 1980s, 1990s, ancient computer systems. So 
their technology that they're given to use is incompetent. It's because the government is incompetent. So they have that working against them. Inferior systems. They're understaffed all the time. Every government agency is, right? They have the weight of the world on their shoulders. That's why these people are so pissy when you go to talk to them. DMV too. I've known people that worked at the DMV. They have this same exact description. And they're not all trained 100% on what they need to know. There's some people that work in Social Security for multiple years that don't know the right answer to everything. Have you ever noticed if you've ever had to contact Social Security for multiple different things or maybe you have to contact them several times for the same thing to follow up on an issue? There's a lot of times where you'll talk to somebody on Monday. They'll give you an answer to how something works. You'll call back on Wednesday and get a completely different person with a completely different answer that counteracts the information you got on Monday, and you don't know who to believe. There's our government. There's our government in the works. Do you really want your health care, your doctors, your livelihood in a system that's completely ran by the government looking at everything else that they run in our country? Disastrous. People always ask me, they're like, well, Christian, you know, you're not for socialized medicine. And I'm not. I think it's pretty obvious. I don't think it would be good for our country. I think, I, I, and again, I will restate what I said at the beginning of this episode, folks. And I've talked about this on previous episodes too. So some of you might be sick of hearing me talk about it. But I thought it'd be interesting to just go into an episode where we've completely dissected what would happen and what our country would look like. And I'll come back and I'll give like a total summary of what I believe, what, what we would see and what things would be like on a day-to-day life at the end of this episode. But um, people ask me, they're like, well, Christian, you know, if you're not a fan of this, you must not like public libraries. You must not like public schools. You must not like roads. All this stuff. My answer is, no, I don't like any of it. My roads are always being tore up. Always. They take like six months to fix it. A year. I'll drive by this road that's being worked on and there won't be people there 99% of the time working on it. There's like out to lunch for a year, you know? So no, I don't like the way that's run. It's a mess. Roads have, especially different parts of the country too. When I was living in Florida, there's so many roads in Florida that were just a mess, holes in them. So no, I don't think they run that very well either. Public libraries. When's the last time you went to a public library? I haven't since I was in high school that I can recall. I I don't care about public libraries. I mean, I I think they can be good for, for certain people that don't have any access to any other information. I get it. Sure. Okay, I'll give you that one. Public schools. I don't think you get the greatest education in public school, folks. That's just my opinion. I don't believe it. I don't particularly love everything they teach. I don't think they really teach a whole lot of things that really matter. They don't teach you a whole lot about life. They just want to teach you a whole lot about chemistry. Well, unless I'm going to be a chemistry teacher or a chemist in my life, why the hell do I need to know about chemistry? I haven't thought about chemistry since I graduated high school. I'm not trying to get all conspiracy theory or anti-government on you folks. I believe 
that I would rather live in this country than any other country in the United, in the world. I'd rather live in this country than any other country in the world. I am blessed to be here, and I'm happy to be here. But let's look at this for what it is. And I'm going to circle back to what I was saying a few minutes ago. Let's talk about what things would look like with a Medicare for All system, the way it's been presented. I love our country. I think we are, have a wonderful country. And I'm, I promise I'm not going to get too political about, about this. I'm not going one side or the other. I just, I'm, I, think, I, think we, I think I'm blessed to live in this country, and I'm happy to be here. But it doesn't mean I think that everything that the government runs is, you know, tipsy-turny, you know, is all peaches and cream. I do not believe that. I don't think anyone listening to this believes that. And so I go into my final thoughts on this episode with what would things look like? Well, we'd have tens of millions of people out of work overnight. That'd be a huge burden on our economy. Look at what happened with COVID. Tons of people were put out of work. The government was forced to essentially step in and provide unemployment for people. And a lot of people were making more from unemployment than they were making at their jobs. So they had no motivation to go out and find another work. Imagine this. This would be that even more. That would be tough. Um, I believe that it could potentially collapse our economy with how much our economy is made up by the healthcare industry. It's a lot, folks. It's a lot. That many people immediately put out of jobs. That many Fortune 500 companies just basically forced into bankruptcy. When has something like that happened on that type of scale? There's been industries that have phased away, but this is a big, big thing to just snap. And on top of that, you know, Sweden is the model that everybody points to, 61.85, so essentially 62% tax rate. That's not what I want for myself and my fellow, um, you know, my fellow Americans and my fellow brothers and sisters in this country. And I don't want to have to deal with a DMV, Social Security, IRS, post office, VA kind of system for my health care. Right now, if I want to go to the doctor, I make an appointment, I see my doctor. I did an episode about Medicare for All a couple years ago, and I pulled up an article that said, um, the year before I did the episode, this is probably three years ago now, um, but there was a given year, I think it was 2017, 60,000 Canadians were put on you know, a waiting list like of six months to get life-altering surgeries done, and a lot of them were forced to come to America and pay out of pocket for it. They declined their free health care because they couldn't get it fast enough to come here and pay out of pocket. 60,000 of them in a year. That's not what I want. I don't want to have some life-changing problem going on in my life or with my family and we're put on a waiting list and i believe that's what things would look like anyway folks um a little bit different from our normal episode here today and i really didn't want to get too political about this but i just wanted to look at the facts no politics involved just look at the facts what would this look like and i believe that's what it would look like i think we would we would have a much higher tax rate i think um our economy would be dev devastated from taking, you know, trillions of dollars worth of market share companies, market cap companies, and just 
forcing them in, out of business and that many people out of jobs. I think it's just too much. I don't think it's a good thing for our country. It, 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 would, it, would, it would thrust us into a recession, I would want to imagine. I really do. And um, I don't believe that the quality of care we would get would go up either. I think we'd pay more for it overall um, as a country. I think we'd pay more for it in terms of taxes. People don't consider taxes. Like, oh, I don't have to pay the bill every month. It just comes out of my, pay- my paycheck automatically. So I don't think about it. But if it comes out of your paycheck automatically, whether you see it or don't see it, you're still paying it. So by default, you'd probably pay more for this. And um, I just don't think it'd be a good thing overall. Is our system as currently constructed perfect? Absolutely not. Is there some adjustments we need to make? I believe so. But I don't believe putting it in the hands of the government completely is the right answer. I just don't think the government is capable of handling this. Anyway, folks, um, if you're watching this somewhere, if you agree with me or disagree with me, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. I don't really, I'm not interested in biting anyone's head off. Um, If you think I'm right or wrong, if you're watching this on YouTube, drop a comment down in the comment sections. Um, Shoot me an email at christianb at xmission.com, christianb at xmission.com. Let me know what you think about it. Also, if you need help with your Medicare plan, my company works with people now in 35 states. And um, we'd love the opportunity to be able to work with you and help you. Our office number is 801-255-5340, 801-255-5340. And folks, you're the most amazing audience anybody could ask for. We'll be back with you next Monday. Have a fantastic rest of your week. I hope everybody has a wonderful or had a wonderful Valentine's Day. Until next time, take care.